The following episode of Lyrics of Their Life podcast deals with serious issues such as drug references, sexual references and violence that may be distressing to some listeners. It is not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. I'm your host Adam Hampton and in today's episode we jump right back into the story of Coolio from where we left off. As Coolio was just about to enter into one of his most famous feuds with Weird Al Yankovic. So without further ado, let's get back into the story. This is part two of the story of Coolio. This is Lyrics of Their Life. Just a month before Coolio's win at the MTV AMAs, on the 29th of January 1996, at the 23rd Annual AMA Awards, Coolio would take out the award for favourite rap or hip-hop artist, beating nominees Bone Thugs and Harmony and Naughty by Nature. That same evening, Coolio would make an appearance alongside parody musician Weird Al Yankovic as they announced the nominations for their favourite alternative artist. As he often did, Yankovic didn't miss an opportunity to bring his sense of humour to the stage by styling his hair just like Coolio's with his tall standing braids as he claims he even used wire to make his hair stand up like Coolio's. Coolio claims he wasn't really a fan of Weird Al and he had no idea that Al would come with his hair styled like him. It wasn't until about 30 seconds before they headed out to present the award that Coolio noticed Weird Al's hair. As Al claims, Coolio took it well, asking who styled his hair before shaking his hand and giving Al some pointers on how to do the Coolio swagger when they walked out onto stage. You know, when I was growing up, you could only hear alternative music on small radio stations broadcasting out of someone's garage. Now millions of people dig it. That's right, homie. Yeah. Which is why the groups up for favorite alternative artists had three of last year's biggest selling albums. Check them out. And the winner is... Pearl Jam! Unfortunately, Pearl Jam isn't with us. Tonight is Eddie Vedder's macrame class. So, uh, Coolio and I will be happy to accept the award on his behalf. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In regards to this moment, Coolio was quoted as saying, I was cool with it. I mean, I make fun of people every day. That's what it was all about. 
We're entertainers, so that's what we were doing, entertaining. This look, with the tall standing braids, of course would go on to feature on the front cover artwork of Weird Al's new album, titled Bad Hair Day, as a reference to Coolio's quirky hairstyle. And while the pair appeared to get along on stage that evening, things quickly soured between the two when Weird Al released his lead single for his new album, titled Amish Paradise. During March 1996, which of course was a parody version of Coolio's song Gangster's Paradise. The reason that Coolio became so frustrated with Weird Al was due to his belief that Weird Al sought the permission to use his song Gangster's Paradise, but Coolio respectfully declined. Instead, Weird Al decided to go to his record company, Scotty Brothers Records, who claimed that the parody was all good to go ahead, with an agreement that Coolio and his recording company would receive a percentage of the revenue. When the song was officially released, it was quite the controversy at the time, with Coolio claiming that he hated the parody, claiming that Al, quote, desecrated it. Coolio often brought the topic up in interviews, expressing his dislike of the whole situation, but as much as he disliked the parody, he couldn't do anything legally, as parodies in the US are covered under fair use. During an interview with VH1's Behind the Music, Weird Al claimed that he had wrote a letter apologising to Coolio, but that he never did get a reply, while jokingly remarking that Coolio stopped complaining when his revenue checks started coming in the mail. Over time, however, Coolio and Weird Al appeared to make amends and patch things up, with Coolio even claiming he was offered to be part of Al's show at one stage, but jokingly remarked that he turned it down because the pay wasn't enough. In an interview with Yahoo Entertainment in 2022, Coolio claimed that his decision to deny Weird Al initially was stupid and that he eventually found the parody to be quite funny. While he was quoted as saying, it made me look petty and short-sighted, and dumb, and ghetto, all the above. It wasn't cool, and I'm supposed to be Coolio. Coolio went on to say that he did apologise to Weird Al, and that they are now cool with one another. When Weird Al claimed that he and Coolio had seemingly made amends during a fan Q&A, Al hilariously was quoted as saying, I doubt I'll be invited to Coolio's next birthday party, but at least I can stop wearing that bulletproof vest to the mall. During a 2016 interview with Sean Evans on his YouTube show Hot Ones, Coolio was quoted as saying, In hindsight, it was stupid of me to say something about Yankovic doing a parody of Gangster's Paradise. I mean, he did Michael Jackson, he did Prince. You know, people who were definitely more talented than I am. I think Prince did say something, but he wasn't very vocal about it like I was, and it just made me look dumb. It was one of the dumb things I did, and I'm willing to admit I did something stupid. The parody version Amish Paradise would go on to reach number 53 on the US Billboard Hot 100, and despite its lowly ranking, it would become one of Weird Al's best and most recognised songs and music videos of all time, 
with Weird Al bringing together the completely opposite and contrasting lives of the Amish with the gangster lifestyle, which worked perfectly to create a hilarious result. As Weird Al changed the lyrics from been spending most their lives living in the gangster's paradise to the hilarious lines We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. I've churned butter once or twice living in an Amish paradise. It's hard work and sacrifice living in an Amish paradise. We sell quilts at discount price living in an Amish paradise. Also in 1996, Coolio would sit down for an in-depth interview with Tom Snyder on his late night talk show. On the program, Coolio spoke about the negative effect that television was having on the younger generation and that it was basically influencing or programming kids to think crime was normal or it was right to carry a gun or buy a fancy fast car to gain respect in the hood. As he was quoted as saying, If they see so much of it and hear so much of it, then they start thinking it's real and they can really do it. And especially with television, All the guys with the cars and the money they get. All the nice girls, right? The guys with the guns always win. And they've been watching these things and hearing these things for all of these years. It's like being programmed like a computer. If you keep feeding a computer crime reports, then you're going to turn that computer into an expert. Coolio continued to talk about respect based on his own upbringing in Compton as he was quoted as saying, Unfortunately, kids in the inner city respect violence. I don't know what it is. I can't really explain it. Because for some reason or another, the guy that can fight the best, everybody follows him. Or the guy that has all the money, they follow him. The guy with all the money probably has all the drugs. Coolio was questioned by Tom if he ever had respected violence, with Coolio replying with, quote, I was turned on by it for a time until I saw a real, real taste of it. See, we used to fight. We used to fist fight, and that was our violence. But now they shoot, and they kill all the time. And it's common. A lot of kids don't have much respect for life. I know some people, they're in jail now, but I know some people that were doing like assassinations for like $500. I have no concept of that because I was raised in a different time. I'm a 70s kid. I had respect for people and for women and respect for my elders. As Coolio continued to express his concern about when his kids turned 15 and claimed he needed to be ready for when that happens so he can attempt to steer them away from a life of crime. Coolio also spoke about his love for music and his frustration at performers who can't perform well live, as he was quoted as saying, Back in the days, if you weren't good live, people didn't buy your records. Now it don't matter. If you got good videos, people buy your records. Tom then asked Coolio if it bothers him, which he replied, It does, because it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right, and if you can't do it right, then you shouldn't be doing it. Even if you're making money from doing it, money's not the, at least for me, it's not what drives me to do music. I do music because I love to do music. I couldn't imagine me not doing music. 
If rap didn't pay, I'd rap for free. Because I did it for so long for free. I did four to five shows a week for nothing. We used to catch the bus to go do shows, and then after the show, we would perform with like the Fat Boys, Run DMC, and Houdini, back in the days when they were real hot, and we'd perform with them. With Coolio's popularity at an all-time high, he began to tour the US and UK, with Coolio becoming one of the first big rappers to tour another country outside of the US. While later on, he would be the first hip-hop artist to tour Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan, as well as being the first hip-hop artist to sell out more than five shows in Australia and three shows in New Zealand, two countries that absolutely fell in love with Coolio and his music. Coolio also toured alongside Ice-T, who he says in a way mentored him, as Coolio respected him as a rapper. While he also eventually toured with the Insane Clown Posse, performing at their Gathering of the Juggalos shows a few times, with the Juggalos being the name of the Clown Posse's fan base. Coolio became somewhat a part of the Juggalo family when he received a tattoo to celebrate this time, with a red demon-like figure and the words Juggalo Cool being tattooed on him which led to a large controversy from TMZ, claiming that Coolio had misspelled the word Juggalo that was tattooed on his arm. While this was true, Coolio claimed it was intentional, as he told Vice magazine, quote, No, I didn't misspell it. That's the thing. Remember in hip-hop, we always misspell shit anyway, right? Instead of putting S's on the end of something, we put Z's. I took the G out of Juggalo because there's only one motherfucking G and that's me. I didn't need two G's to describe my Juggalo. While on tour, Coolio partied hard, lapping up the female attention, drinking and using many types of drugs. Coolio even starred in films such as Dear God and Batman and Robin as the banker which was supposed to set him up as the main villain in the film's sequel, known as the character Scarecrow, only for the film to be scrapped. Coolio also starred at the time in TV shows called The Parenthood, All That, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and in the TV adaptation of Dangerous Minds. Coolio would then release a single called It's All The Way Live, for the soundtrack to the basketball comedy film Eddie, which managed to reach number 6 in New Zealand and number 29 in the US. Coolio also featured on the track Hit Em High with Be Real, Method Man, LL Cool J and Busta Rhymes for the soundtrack to the film Space Jam. Then after appearing on a compilation CD from Red Hot Organization called America Is Dying Slowly, designed to raise awareness and insight into the AIDS epidemic affecting young African-American men, Coolio would record a track called Or Here It Goes for the Nickelodeon TV show Keenan and Kel. Coolio was very grateful to be where he was at this stage of his life, as it could have went so differently if he hadn't have been pulled out of his slump. As mentioned earlier, Coolio also put his success down to God, for helping him get straight and away from crime and drugs, but he told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, 
You know, I'm not a believer in any organized religion. I don't call myself a Muslim, Christian, or Buddhist, but I do believe in one God, and he's been watching over me. I mean, by now, I should be in jail, living on the streets, or dead. During this busy time for Coolio, on the 18th of May 1996, Coolio would marry his fiancée, Josepha Salinas, who had been in a relationship with him since 1987, and who he shared his children with. Josepha is a Latino author and media personality who had made a name for herself in the state of California for being a popular media personality as a radio disc jockey for around 30 years on KQIE-FM, Hot 92.3 and Power 106, where she earned the nickname The Angel of the Night, as her shows were usually of a night time. Together they would have four children over the years, including three daughters named Artisha, Brandy and Jackie Ivy, as well as a son named Artis Ivy III. It's said, however, that Coolio had up to 10 or 11 children in total to a number of women over the years named Eutis Ivy, Milan Ivy, Darius Ivy, and Christopher Ivy. However, Artisa III has since debunked these rumours of Coolio fathering 10 children, claiming only the ones I just mentioned are his biological children, with the others being his stepkids, with their names said to be Zane and twins Caden Shane Ivy, after they took his last name. Unfortunately, Coolio was absent for many of their upbringings, often coming in and out of his children's life, with him only really acknowledging that he had six kids, sadly, which often created confusion amongst the media. This wouldn't stop child support cases to be brought forward against Coolio, however, as he would fight three separate cases in court from 1999 to 2012, with the mothers of Coolio's offspring, named Juanita Randall, Talia White, and Annabella Balesi. Coolio would be paying child support all the way up to 2015, claiming that although he enjoys having kids, he doesn't think he would have any more unless he knew he was going to be with their mother long term, as he would hate to go through paying child support again. After a busy period for Coolio, he would next release the brilliant lead single, See You When You Get There, for his upcoming third studio album on the 7th of July, 1997. The R&B ballad would feature rapper duo 40 Fevs featuring Henry Strauder, a.k.a. P.S. Pookie, and Coolio's half-brother Malik Strauder, a.k.a. Leek Rat. The track See You When You Get There would go on to be one of Coolio's most successful singles behind Gangster's Paradise, with it charting at number two in Switzerland and Sweden, three in the UK, Germany and Iceland, seven in Australia and 12 in the US. Despite its success at the time on the charts, See You When You Get There remains somewhat of a forgotten hit that is highly underrated, as Coolio expresses in the song the jealousy of one of his closest friends, who he claims he can no longer trust due to their spitefulness over Coolio's newfound success. As Coolio tells his jealous friend in regards to becoming successful during the chorus that reads, I'll see you when you get there, 
if you ever get there, see you when you get there. While some might say this represents Coolio forgetting where he has come from, now he has found success, he is simply stating that if his friend attempted to rise above a life of crime and gangbanging like he had, then perhaps they might find success also, and that one day if he does find success, that he'll see him when he gets there or understands where he is coming from. During Coolio's verse in the song, he explains all of this while painting the picture of what the hood lifestyle is like as he encourages his friend to rise above it all and stop surrounding himself in negativity as he raps the lines. If you ain't peeped out, then you must be drinking and smoking, pretending that you're loken, but you're broken. Let me get you open. Now little Timmy got his diploma and little Jimmy got life. And Tamikra, around the corner, just took her first hit off the pipe. The other homie shot the other homie and ran off with his money. And when the other homies heard about it, they thought that it was funny. But who's the dummy? Cause now you done lost the hustler. A down ass brother done been replaced by a buster. And though I got love for ya, I know I can't trust ya. Cause my crew is rolling hummers and your crew is rolling dusters. And just because of that, you act like you don't like the brother no more. Ah, I guess that's just the way it go. I ain't trying to preach. I believe I can reach. But your mind ain't prepared. I'll see you when you get there. Coolio continues later on in the song when he raps the lines. As we walk down the road of our destiny and the time comes to choose, which shall it be? The wide and crooked or the straight and narrow? We got one voice to give and one life to live. Stand up for something or lie down in your game. Listen to the song that we sing. It's up to you to make it big. I guess I'll see you when you see me. The track would go on to feature in the film Nothing to Lose, while Coolio's half-brother Malik went on to act in films and TV shows, as well as continuing on as a rapper. Coolio would then release his third studio album, titled My Soul, on the 26th of August, 1997. But even after the success of See You When You Get There, it still wouldn't be enough to help the album rise up the charts, as it failed to chart successfully around the world, only making it to number 39 on the US Billboard 200, and selling just a million copies worldwide. Despite being overall a solid album material-wise and receiving favourable reviews, it was deemed a fail or a flop by his record label as it didn't live up to their expectations or commercial success like his previous two albums. With his second single titled Ooh La La failing to chart in the US at all, forcing his label's hand. The lack of success from the album My Soul, along with the rise of other potential rap stars, would sadly see Coolio eventually released from his recording contract with Tommy Boy Records after a long three-year battle with them, although Coolio claimed he was also requesting for his release due to the way they did him dirty on his latest record. This was despite the track Ooh La La doing reasonably well internationally, especially in New Zealand, where it reached number two. 
but sadly, it would go down as Coolio's last successfully charting single around the world in his lifetime. Coolio claimed that Tommy Boy Records were largely to blame for the album's lack of success and for sabotaging his career, claiming in his view, My Soul was better than Gangster's Paradise and just as good as his debut album It Takes a Thief and that their promotion was well below where it needed to be, and that he had noticed a pattern with other multi-platinum selling artists just like him, under their label, that by their third album, they experienced a major drop in sales and success. For example, House of Pain, D. La Soul, and Naughty by Nature. Coolio says he was also frustrated at the second choice of single, being Ooh La La, claiming it was one of his weaker songs on the album, and tracks like Hit Em, Nightfall, Devil Is Dope, or Nature of the Business would have made a much better single. Coolio claimed that the label self-sabotaged his album, along with other artists under the label, as they didn't want to pay them out millions of dollars if it was a commercial success or went platinum. Therefore, he believes they chose a weaker second single. On the My Soul album, Coolio did however get to collaborate with a childhood favourite of his when he was joined by the soul group The Dramatics for his song The Devil Is Dope, which sampled parts of their song of the same name, as he was quoted as saying, They came and sang on it, it was fantastic, it was like, oh my god I can't believe I'm here chillin' with The Dramatics, it was totally an experience. The Dramatics, of course, were a band that his mother used to listen to when he was younger. During 1998, Coolio would land himself in serious hot water when he was convicted by a court in Böblingen, Stuttgart, in Germany, for being an accessory to robbery and causing bodily injury. Coolio was touring at the time of his arrest when he was said to have punched a saleswoman after Coolio and his posse of six attempted to leave a store carrying $940 worth of stolen goods, which mostly included clothes. The woman attempted to stop Coolio and was hit in the process, while Coolio stated, quote, It was understood that the clothes were in exchange for the autographs with Coolio under the impression that by signing autographs for the saleswoman, that he didn't have to pay for the clothes. Coolio's credit card was also declined by the store person, with it being cash only, so he decided to walk out with the items. This led to Coolio receiving six months probation and a fine of seventeen dollars to $30,000. Making matters worse, during September 1998, Coolio was in trouble once again when he was pulled over by police and found in possession of marijuana and a firearm, which also happened to occur in Germany. As Coolio's world came crashing down, he would also divorce his wife of four years, Josepha Salinas, during the year 2000, with the pair managing to remain close friends despite their split, after all, they did share four children together and a relationship for around 13 years. The year 2000 also marked Coolio's official exit from Tommy Boy Records after they had shelved him for three years after refusing to release and pay him out of his contract 
as he held firm on never recording another album for them. During this time, he took a break from the industry, even declaring that he had retired, only to return six months down the track. During this time, Coolio claimed he had even started doing cocaine once again after 12 years off the drug. He says he shocked himself when he started doing it again and was disappointed in himself, and that his new girlfriend at the time was heavily into cocaine and was the reason for him relapsing. He would continue to use cocaine for the next eight to nine years. During 2001, Coolio again was in trouble with the law when he was caught and convicted of carrying a concealed weapon inside his vehicle. In April of 2001, Coolio released his fourth studio album through his new label, JVC Victor, with the album being called Coolio.com, and despite featuring a shock collaboration with none other than Kenny Rogers, called The Hustler, as a reference to Kenny's song The Gambler, the album failed to chart at all around the world. This would sadly be the case for his next four studio albums, after they all failed to chart successfully, as he released every album with a new recording company, with all labels struggling to financially support Coolio's vision, therefore resulting in the numerous label changes over the years. As Coolio released his fifth studio album, called El Cool Magnifico, in October 2002, where the name El Cool Magnifico was his nickname on the TV show Celebrity Fear Factor, which he starred in the same year, as well as the show Celebrity Boot Camp on Fox, which he managed to win. He also travelled to Bosnia that year to perform for peacekeeping troops, where he said it was a weird performance due to the crowd being made up of only men. This was followed by his sixth studio album, The Return of the Gangster, in October 2006, which brought about a minor hit in the UK and Australia with the single Gangster's Walk, featuring Snoop Dogg. This was followed by his seventh studio album, called Steal Her, released in October 2008, and his eighth and final studio album of his career, titled From the Bottom to the Top, released during July 2009. During this period of time, Coolio even starred in a supporting role in the film Dracula. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi everyone, and sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this episode, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you four ways on how you can support the podcast and play your part in keeping it going so I can continue to bring you more great episodes. If you enjoy Lyrics of Their Life podcast, first of all, it would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It's totally free to do. It just means that you will receive a notification when a new episode of the podcast becomes available. Secondly, you can leave the podcast a positive five-star review on iTunes as this helps the podcast reach a larger audience. Third of all, you can tell your friends all about the podcast or join us on our social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. While finally, you can take your support one step further and head to our Patreon page and pledge your support to one of two of our plans for just $1 or $5 per month with no locking contract. Or you can pledge just a one-off payment 
for all the hard work that goes into creating the podcast, and you will receive a number of extra benefits to go with your donation. Or you can even buy me a beer for $5 at buymeacoffee.com forward slash lyrics of life pod. I am a totally independent podcast creator, meaning there are no large networks or businesses financially supporting my work. So your support would be greatly appreciated as it means I can continue creating more content such as biographies, the weekly muse, interviews and more as it takes a lot of time, resources and research to prepare and upload just one single episode. Links to Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee can be found in the show notes on our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com or on our Facebook page. Once again, I appreciate every one of my listeners for their support, no matter the form it comes in. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. During 2009, Coolio was performing in the UK at a gig in Stoke-on-Trent, where he attempted a stage dive, only to be dropped and robbed of all of his possessions by crowd members, leaving him injured in the process. The members of the crowd apparently weren't warned beforehand of Coolio's sudden stage dive, as they parted and Coolio fell flat on the floor at Stafford University. Members of the crowd were said to have practically manhandled Coolio, stealing his branded sneakers, his jewellery, all bling, and his bandana, as his security guards finally came to his aid and helped Coolio up in what was an embarrassing moment for the 45-year-old. A barman at the gig named James Fielden witnessed the stage dive and was quoted as saying, Coolio nearly flattened one poor girl, then all the students decided to launch on him. They grabbed whatever they could, including his trainers, watch, chains and glasses. He was pulled back on stage by the bouncers. They got his shoes back for him. Also in 2009, at the age of 45, Coolio would feature on the sixth season of the UK TV series Celebrity Big Brother, reaching third place, which saw a resurgence up the charts in the UK for his hit song, Gangster's Paradise, as it peaked inside the top 40 once again. This of course wasn't Coolio's first appearance on a reality TV series, however, after he appeared on the German TV show, Come Back, The Big Chance, during 2004, where contestants are mostly made up of forgotten musicians who are looking to make a big comeback in the industry, with Coolio finishing third on this TV show also. Coolio would also appear on the animated comedy show Futurama as a rapping robot known as Kwanzaa Bot. Coolio unfortunately couldn't keep himself out of trouble, and during 2009, he found himself being arrested by police once again, after being caught at LA International Airport with a crack pipe and a rock of crack cocaine hidden amongst his luggage. When the security officer attempted to search his luggage and retrieve the pipe, Coolio was said to have aggressively grabbed the officer's arm and said that's not mine which led to him being charged for possession of crack cocaine and battery for assaulting the officer by grabbing them. He was facing three years in prison, but was let off with a mandatory 18-month rehab program. In an interview with DJ Vlad TV in 2014, 
Coolio claimed that most of the time when he messed up, it was because he had been snorting cocaine again, but that he wasn't stupid, and denied that he put the crack pipe in his backpack. Claiming he had travelled all over the US with various drugs inside his pockets, of his pants, and never once got caught. And that only someone stupid would put a crack pipe in their own bag while passing through an airport checkpoint. Coolio defended himself and claimed that he requested a DNA analysis to be taken to clear his own name and to declare that it didn't belong to him and that he would even pay for the analysis at his own expense, but this request was denied. Coolio claimed that the crack pipe belonged to his female cousin after he had told her not to smoke it in his house in Ladera Heights in California as he said it hurt to be denied the chance to clear his name and that it affected his financial earnings as well as disappointing his kids. Coolio claimed his cousin must have stashed the crack pipe in one of almost 30 toiletry bags that he has under his vanity sink for when he goes on tour and that he must have happened to grab the wrong one. Sadly for Coolio, his son was also at the airport with him as they were travelling together to a show, as he said he felt really disappointed in himself and embarrassed for his son. Coolio also claimed that he hadn't really been that embarrassed ever since he was a child when his mother often embarrassed him on purpose. He claims the media were ferocious at the time, like a pack of wolves circling him and his family, and he said he felt sad for his kids, including his own son, who would have had to put up with bullying and ridicule at school, all about his arrest. After being busted, Coolio began to slump into a depression, feeling as though he had let his family down, and he believes this event led him to not only snorting cocaine, but also smoking it again after years of laying off it. He said, quote, Fuck it, that's it. Motherfuckers think I'm smoking it, I might as well smoke it and have fun. Coolio would give up smoking it again, as well as using cocaine, just a year later, and says he even gave up smoking marijuana, claiming if he ever had another drug charge from here onwards, that he must have been set up. Coolio claimed that he had often smuggled it all over the world over the years, but stopped when he had a close call with a drug sniffer dog. Coolio also claimed that his excessive use of cocaine over the years had led him to experiencing erectile dysfunction and trouble in the bedroom, which to him was a massive signal to give it away, and that he believes the high isn't even an enjoyable one, as it just makes you crave more and more, and that it's a very expensive habit. He also revealed on Sirius XM Radio that he feels that getting busted in 2009 at LA International Airport when the pipe wasn't allegedly his was meant to happen for a reason, as it eventually led him to stopping his drug use altogether. With his latest music releases not really taking off in recent years, Coolio turned further towards TV appearances as he signed up for a second Big Brother series in the UK during 2010 called Ultimate Big Brother, where Coolio was removed from the show early due to a number of altercations with housemates, but most notably with Series 5 winner Nadia Almada 
as he agreed with Big Brother that it would be best for him to leave to reduce the risk of their feud turning uglier than it already was. During 2010, Coolio also made the move from LA to Las Vegas due to the lower tax rates in the state of Nevada. Coolio then appeared on Celebrity Cook-Off during 2012, representing the non-for-profit organisation Music Saves Lives, related to blood donation. The following year, during 2013, Coolio appeared on the highly controversial show Celebrity Wife Swap with his model girlfriend Mimi, where Coolio switched places with American lead singer from the band Sugar Ray, Mark McGrath, who was around five years younger than Coolio. During the show, Coolio spent a week with Mark's wife Corinne and their two young kids, while Mimi stayed the week with Mark and three of Mimi's children to a previous relationship. During the show, Mimi stormed off, declaring, quote, I just hope Coolio realises that if he doesn't start paying me more attention, then I don't think he'll be in my life very much longer. With the show highlighting the workload Mimi would take on, while depicting the lack of involvement and help she receives from Coolio, in contrast to Mark McGrath, who is a hands-on father. Just six weeks later, it was said that the pair had already broken up once filming had wrapped up. However, Coolio went on to blow the show's cover, claiming that he and Mimi were never actually a real couple and that the show was all, quote, fabricated, as Mimi was actually just a close friend. Coolio would also claim that the show attempted to portray him negatively, but one could argue that it was a pretty fair representation. In relation to Coolio claiming that Mimi was just a friend, it wasn't completely true, as Coolio had known Mimi since 2007, and the pair began an open relationship in 2012, when Mimi told the Daily Mail, quote, He was very persistent. He wouldn't let me go. He said, You're officially my girl. You're mine. You belong to me. We belong together. It's us. And I said, Okay. Mimi would actually stay by Coolio's side all the way up to his death 10 years later. Mimi claimed that after the pair had had a four-month break due to the stress of the wife swap show, that they were back together by the end of the year. As she also told the Daily Mail when she was quoted as saying, Yes, we had our ups and downs, but I don't care who you are. If you say you have a perfect relationship, then it's not real. Coolio was actually dealing with real-life relationship troubles at the same time, during April 2013, after his girlfriend of three years, named Annabella Chapman, decided to end their relationship. This was due to the pair's relationship allegedly becoming physical when Coolio was caught in a love triangle with another woman, said to be named Melinda Kerr, causing major issues between the two. Misdemeanor domestic battery and coercion charges were then pressed against Coolio over claims of domestic violence against Annabella, who was his girlfriend and the mother of his child, as he was believed to have punched her in the face after pushing her to the ground, with Coolio taking off of their son and the other woman in question in their vehicle, 
only for Coolio to hit Annabella with the car, leaving marks on her leg. But these charges would be dropped due to inconsistencies in the victim's case, as Coolio claimed he instead was the victim, claiming that Annabella Chapman spiralled into a jealous fit of rage, attacking him over his new mistress, where he claims she scratched him in the face and ran towards him as he placed his hands up to defend his face when she collided with his hands, claiming she was instead punched. Coolio claims that his son then asked, quote, I want to go with you, daddy, and jumped in the car with him. He claims that he went to drive off, and Annabella chose to grab onto the back of the moving vehicle and was flung to the ground. When the cops arrived at the scene, however, they weren't believing any of what Coolio had to say as he was taken away to be locked up, with Coolio claiming that the allegations were, quote, bogus, which is also what many commentators following the case believed, along with the judge. The district attorney's office in the Las Vegas court released a statement stating, Prosecutors determined that they could not prove Mr. Ivey's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt and moved to dismiss the case at today's hearing. This was based upon further investigation and discussion with the victim, who gave conflicting reports of the incident and independent witnesses who were present at the time and indicated that the victim was the primary aggressor in the incident. According to Coolio, the judge even considered charging Annabella with perjury for lying to the courtroom, but the case was dismissed. Coolio's promiscuous ways with women meant he struggled to fully commit to Mimi and would go on to continue his open relationship with her after leaving both Melinda and Annabella. And despite having an agreement with Mimi that he was able to sleep with other women, they both felt as though they loved one another and were like a married couple anyway. As Mimi would call Coolio her husband on social media and even changed her last name to Ivy. They claimed that they even came close to tying the knot officially at one stage as Mimi told the Daily Mail and was quoted as saying, We went to the courthouse, we filled out all of the paperwork, and we were planning on it, but we just decided not to turn it in. It's just a piece of paper that doesn't change how either one of us felt about each other. Mimi continued on by saying, He was who he was. If he was seeing other women, I knew about it. There's nothing that man ever did that he hid from me. We talked about everything. I knew his whole life. We had no secrets. Mimi would remain very loyal to Coolio and would take on the stepmother role to his children, but as did Coolio, who became the stepfather to Mimi's teenage daughter and two young sons, with one of her daughters even seeing Coolio as a father figure. As Mimi told the Daily Mail, quote, My daughter asked him to be her father. They had a discussion about it and he chose to take on the role as her father. He embraced that role 100%. Over the years, Coolio would wind up starring or being credited in at least 50 films and 30 TV shows, which helped him remain in the spotlight or the public eye, and ensured he wouldn't be completely forgotten anytime soon, which he even included his very own cooking show, perfectly titled Cookin' with Coolio, 
where he cooks anything from steak to salads and everything in between, as he referred to himself as the ghetto gourmet chef. Coolio stated that his love for cooking stemmed from back when he was nine years old, where he attempted to make himself a grilled tuna sandwich, but burn it to a crisp. His mother wasn't too impressed and told him if you're going to cook, then you better do it right. So she taught him how to cook everything she could, all while getting him to do the dishes also, and teaching him skills such as learning to sew. Coolio also starred in his very own reality TV series, following the lifestyle and family of Coolio, called Coolio's Rules, based in his home in Ladera Heights in California, and featuring his four children to his ex-wife Josepha. In his spare time, Coolio just liked to play golf with his mates, barrack for the LA sports teams the Dodgers, the Lakers and the Raiders, He spent time with his pet German Shepherd named Fernix, and even collected snow globes of all things, and enjoyed his time with his family in his mansion in Henderson, Nevada, paid for by his platinum-selling albums and TV and movie appearances, more so than his huge hit, Gangster's Paradise. Coolio also claimed that while on tour, he would also carry an Xbox or PlayStation and games along with him, so during his downtime, he could unwind. During 2014, Coolio was involved in another scandal relating to porn website Pornhub, when a TMZ reporter claimed Coolio was set to release a full album through the Pornhub website. This was in fact false, which led to this particular reporter being fired by TMZ. Instead, Coolio had just released a music video for a commercial for Pornhub with a song titled, Take It To The Hub. As Coolio told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, I don't know why TMZ always has to do that bullshit, man. I let them into the video shoot willingly And then the first thing they do is talk bullshit about me and try to make me look bad. They were trying to say it was my comeback. Man, I ain't trying to make no fucking comeback off some porn. It's not even my song that I'm putting out. I'm never doing a new album. I'll probably do nothing but singles. I'm as good as anybody out there lyrically and conceptually and can go toe to toe with the best of them throughout history but I don't know how much longer I'll be doing it. It's not really fun anymore. With Coolio all but confirming at this point that he wasn't even interested in releasing a new album for the rest of his career. While most of Coolio's kids grew up to do quite well for themselves and managed to keep out of trouble, remaining quite private in relation to their own lives, sadly, however, from September through to November of 2011, Coolio's 22-year-old son, Gyutus Ivy, was finding himself in trouble with the law on multiple occasions for kidnapping with a deadly weapon, domestic violence battery, and living off of the earnings of a prostitute. Gyutus also pled guilty to one count of felony armed robbery. This incident had occurred in Las Vegas, where Gyrtis and his female friend, Chantrice Wilkinson, who was a stripper and a prostitute, broke into an apartment, with Gyrtis holding a gun on the male tenant and forcing them into a washroom, while Chantrice raided the apartment. 
The victim of the robbery was a poker player said to be a client of Chantrice's, where she met him at a nightclub, and a $5,000 sum was agreed to for the night for her services, as they headed to his home. Instead, the pair ended up at another location, when the man got cold feet and chose not to have sex with Chantrice, and left without paying. According to Coolio, and what he had been told, he claimed that the man who was with a few other guys at the time knocked her services back because he was in fact a homosexual and refused to pay. Chantrice got angry and came back to Coolio's son Gertus, claiming that these men attempted to rape her, which obviously kicked Gertus into action. This is what sparked Chantrice to encourage Gertus to come with her and rob the man who she claimed still owed him that money. Due to the robbery, Gertus was facing between three and a half to ten years in prison, but due to pleading guilty, the judge decided to drop a fair amount of time off of his sentence, with Gertus serving around three years. Coolio stated he was happy and relieved that his son only received three years, and claims he got lucky, as he could have been sent away for 20 years, as what he did was basically kidnapping, among other things. This wasn't actually the first time Gertus had been in trouble, as a year prior he was arrested for providing false information to police, only to be released on a misdemeanor charge. He had always shunned the limelight, despite being a part of the Coolio Rules reality show, and this wouldn't be the last time the young man landed himself in trouble. Coincidentally enough, while Gertus was locked up in Clark County Detention Center, his very own father, Coolio, would also find himself in the exact same jail in Las Vegas, after being arrested for two outstanding breach warrants due to multiple traffic violations after he and his friend were pulled over for a routine traffic violation and despite being the passenger that evening, the police didn't take kindly to Coolio, checking his record and arresting him on the spot, but luckily for Coolio, he was bailed out. During 2016, Gertus proved that he hadn't learned his lesson, as he landed himself back in prison for battery constituting domestic violence and battery by strangulation which saw him get slapped with another 12 to 30 months jail time. Sadly, Gertus has continued in his ways with crime, as he currently faces a further stint in jail during an open case running in 2022. Also during 2016, Coolio, who is now at the age of 53, was in strife once again, after he and his crew attempted to pass through LA International Airport security checkpoints on the way to a concert with a stolen loaded firearm, said to have been a handgun or pistol, located inside of Coolio's backpack, which showed up on the x-ray screening belt. Coolio was already seated on the plane when they found the pistol, so a team of police were sent to arrest Coolio and his posse on the plane, creating quite an embarrassing scene. Coolio's personal security guard initially claimed that the gun belonged to him, despite tip-offs by witnesses that it in fact belonged to Coolio himself. But, despite his security guard attempting to cover for him, the gun was eventually linked back to Coolio, with him admitting that the bag and the gun were his. 
Being a former screener at that exact airport, you would think that Coolio would know better, as he would face three years in prison, as he had two prior convicted felonies that prevented him from carrying a weapon from the incident back in the early 2000s and in 2009. But instead, due to pleading guilty, he would be sentenced to three years of probation and a further 45 days of community service posting a bail of around $37,000. As Coolio was quoted as saying to the LA Times, quote, I do not condone the use of firearms, legal or illegal. I don't do crime. Police say the gun in Coolio's bag was loaded and stolen. The rapper was then arrested. CBS 2's Jeff Nguyen is live at LAX with the very latest developments tonight. Jeff. Elsa and Juan, rapper Coolio was arrested here at Terminal 3 this morning and a camera was nearby when he was walked off in handcuffs. This is video from TMZ. It shows Coolio wearing a tank top and a baseball cap with his hands behind his back as LAX police officers walked him into one of their patrol cars. Now police tell us the 53-year-old rapper whose real name is Artist Ivy Jr. has been booked on two counts related to a stolen gun. Investigators say Coolio went through TSA screening just before 11 a.m. They say agents found a 9mm handgun in a carry-on bag after it went through an x-ray machine. Initially, police arrested Coolio and a 35-year-old man, but they allowed that man to go. They say the reason is Coolio admitted that the bag with the gun belonged to him. This afternoon, Coolio posted bail, which was set at more than $37,000. And police tell us that the man who was arrested with Coolio and then later released had been traveling with him. The two had been scheduled to travel to Dallas, where Coolio was scheduled to perform tonight. Just a year later, in 2017, Coolio was once again busted at Changi International Airport in Singapore and was denied entry into the country after travelling from Beijing for a performance at an after-party for a Formula One event. While details were withheld as to why he was denied entry, some claim it was a similar situation to the one in LA a year prior or for simply having prior convictions and the potential for Coolio to create more trouble in Singapore. During 2017, Coolio would also sadly lose his former bandmate, Crazy Toons, who passed away of a heart attack at the age of 45. Toons was a member of WC and the Mad Circle. While in 2020, Coolio helped porn star Sherry DeVille in a comedy sketch where the pair pretended to campaign for her to run for President of the United States. With Coolio acting as her Vice President, they had the media and public fooled into thinking they were serious, which is still believed to this day by many, despite Coolio himself clarifying on the Sushi Mango podcast that it was all a joke. Coolio also appeared that year on the Oprah Winfrey Network TV show Love Goals with his girlfriend Mimi to receive counselling and relationship advice where Mimi was frustrated at Coolio's stubbornness which was holding back their relationship from progressing. Mimi claimed that Coolio would get so badly stuck in his ways that he wouldn't speak to her for at least three days while Coolio claimed that his son Gertus being sent to prison destroyed him and put him through a severe period of depression, 
where he began taking drugs again behind her back. He said to get out of this depressive state, he stopped everything he was doing that was negatively impacting on him, such as stopping his drug use, surrounding himself with family and more positive friends. He moved house and even changed his phone number to stop any form of negativity from creeping back into his life. Then on the 9th of April, 2021, Coolio received the news that his close friend and fellow rapper Earl Simmons, aka DMX, had passed away after dying from a cocaine-induced heart attack at the age of 50. It's said that the news rocked Coolio, who claimed that DMX was his homie and like a brother to him, as he recited some Bible verses for DMX in his honour during a tribute video to him. During 2021, Coolio also released a standalone single titled Out for the Bag, featuring Al and Clay, but the most interesting part was that after around 23 years, Coolio had teamed up with Tommy Boy Records once again to release the track after their falling out. Sadly, however, the track wouldn't chart despite featuring a catchy chorus, solid verses and a modern feel to it. On the 23rd of September, 2022, it would turn out that Coolio performed his very last gig at the I Love the 90s tour, alongside Vanilla Ice, Rob Bass, Color Me Bad, and Young MC, at the barn in Cypress, Texas, in the USA. Coolio was seen before the gig, smiling and happily taking photos with fans and signing autographs at the Houston airport something he had always enjoyed, as long as fans didn't scream hysterically at him. Coolio was excited to come back home and see his friends and family, but this time with them was cut short. Just five days later, Coolio travelled back to his home in Henderson, in Las Vegas via aeroplane, to visit his grandson during the morning for a party at the local park as his grandson was celebrating his first birthday, where Coolio mingled with his kids and grandkids before heading off for the evening to stay with a friend of his. Coolio was planning on visiting his son, Artista III, the following day to celebrate his 33rd birthday before heading off to perform in Germany the following week. But sadly, Artiste III's birthday would be overshadowed by a much bigger tragedy, and Coolio wouldn't be able to fulfil these plans. That same day, on the 28th of September 2022, Coolio travelled back to LA to sort out an issue with his passport and visit a friend, where at around 5pm, while at a friend's house in downtown LA, Coolio was found passed out and unresponsive on the bathroom floor. 911 was called, with first responders arriving at the scene and performing CPR on Coolio for around 45 minutes. But after trying to revive Coolio, there was nothing more they could do, declaring that Coolio had sadly passed away at the age of 59 that Wednesday evening, the 28th of September, 2022. An investigation looking at all possible causes got underway, with it likely being caused by cardiac arrest, according to his manager, Jarez Posey, 
but this was despite the coroner being hesitant to give an official cause of death just yet, with more information still yet to come. No drugs or anything that could have harmed Coolio were found at the scene. American rapper Coolio has died at 59 after suspected heart attack. Becoming a superstar as the face of gangster rap in the 90s, he spent most of his life living off the single Gangster's Paradise. Sad news in the entertainment world. We have just learned Grammy-winning rapper Coolio has died. TMZ is reporting the rapper, whose real name is artist Leon Ivey Jr., died at his friend's home in Los Angeles. Coolio came up on the L.A. rap scene in the late 80s, but blew up nationally in 1995 when he recorded Gangster's Paradise for the soundtrack of the film Dangerous Minds. The song reached number one and stayed there three weeks. Coolio was was 59 years old. The Grammy award-winning US rapper Coolio has died in Los Angeles. The legendary entertainer, whose real name is artist Leon Ivey Jr., was 59 years old. Coolio was an up-and-comer in the late 1980s who rocketed to fame with Gangster's Paradise, which he recorded for the soundtrack to the film Dangerous Minds. An official cause of death has not yet been released. As requested by Coolio himself before he passed, Artiste Leon Ivey Jr, aka Coolio, was cremated, with a privately held funeral or ceremony being held in Pasadena, California, at the Mountain View Mortuary and Cemetery on October 15th, 2022. Attendees could be seen wearing black or blue shirts with Coolio's face and script reading Coolio Forever on them while they were said to have danced to his songs, including Gangster's Paradise, at a secret after-party in celebration of his life, with attendees including most of his children, with at least six of them, jumping in a photo together, as well as his half-brother Malik Strauder, his ex-wife Josepha, and his girlfriend Mimi, all there to celebrate his life. Coolio's ashes would be placed or encased inside special jewellery, with the rest of the ashes being placed in an urn. Many years before his death, in a 1996 interview with Gavin Edwards, Coolio was quoted as saying, I don't want no tombstone, don't want no casket. Once the spirit leaves the body, your body is nothing. It won't be me anymore. On the real, I told my family, when I die, don't even go claim my body. Just let the county burn it up so you don't have to pay for it. Then take all that insurance money and go buy a car, buy a house, whatever. Have a good-ass time on me. Coolio's close family and friends were obviously devastated, but none more so than his girlfriend Mimi, who despite having an on-again, off-again open relationship, she had been by his side for over a decade. When she received the news via a phone call, Mimi collapsed to the ground, as she was quoted as saying, I just remember all of the air and life coming out of my body. I was outside, getting ready to take my son to football practice. All I remember was dropping to my knees. I collapsed. Coolio's son Artiste III also spoke out publicly after his death, and said it was a, quote, complete shock, but that his father didn't fear death and that he passed away with a smile on his face. 
Artis III had spoken to his father during the week and was set to talk again that evening for his birthday, only to find out that his father had sadly passed away. Despite acknowledging that his father still dabbled in drug use, such as marijuana, and that his asthma was pretty bad, he stated that he didn't have any other health concerns, with Coolio managing to stay quite fit and muscular for his age, as he often worked out. As Artiste III was quoted as saying, he didn't fear death at all. It was another step to paradise. He had his own set of beliefs. He believed in a higher power, and he believed in himself. One thing Artiste will always find special is that he joined him on stage during 2019 at a concert in Las Vegas, where the pair performed together. Artiste III claimed that he was an amazing father, who was like a best friend to him, and that he brought the family closer when they did the Coolio's Rules show, and that he always made time after that to spend time with all of his kids. Many fellow musicians, along with fans, family, friends, and celebrities, spoke out on social media regarding Coolio's death, with Vanilla Ice claiming he will be remembered for always smiling and bringing positivity to the world, for being a family man and a good friend to him also. Vanilla Ice also cancelled his scheduled shows as he felt too emotional to perform and needed time to grieve, stating to TMZ, quote, It's not the right time. Vanilla Ice had just performed five days ago with Coolio at his last ever show in Texas and had spoken to him over the phone just days before his death, with Vanilla claiming, Quote, he was telling me how much he missed his kids, how great his kids were, and how much time that he had to sacrifice because of his career to be away from his kids so much. He's so proud of all of them. The actress from the Dangerous Minds film, Michelle Pfeiffer, who only briefly met Coolio during the filming of the Gangster's Paradise music video, tweeted about the death of Coolio while Weird Al posted a picture of the two together with a caption reading, Rest in Peace Coolio. While tributes also came flooding in from fans and from MC Hammer, Dr. Love, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg and actor Martin Lawrence. It wouldn't take long, however, after Coolio's death, for conspiracy theories to pop up after a series of late interviews Coolio conducted towards the end of his life were discovered by his fans. During these interviews, Coolio spoke out about his knowledge on controversial subjects such as the Illuminati, pedophile rings operating within Hollywood and the music industry, and he asked people to question the inconsistencies surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic response without it being such a taboo subject to investigate or ask questions of. During an interview on the Tomiko Show on YouTube during October 2021, Coolio was questioned on his thoughts about R. Kelly's music after he was convicted after possessing child pornography and enticing children with Coolio stating they shouldn't even exist on this planet, meaning that pedophiles should be executed if it was up to him, an argument few would disagree with, as he was quoted as saying, they don't deserve life. Coolio also went a step further, claiming he tries to expose pedophiles in the industry, and was quoted as saying, 
I actively seek out those type of motherfuckers and do my best to destroy them. Yeah, I'ma leave it at that, but that's one of my jobs, to kill pedophiles. In relation to the drama of what's been happening around the world, in relation mostly to the COVID-19 pandemic response and government agendas, Coolio was quoted as saying, Come on, if motherfuckers can't figure out what's going on, as he shook his head in disbelief, before calling those that aren't awake to what's going on in the world, quote, sheeple. Coolio expressed his worry for what's to come when he was quoted as saying, The sheeple are fucking lost. Unfortunately, we're probably going to get caught up right with them. I'm trying to figure out and institute a plan with my family so that when the shit hits the fan, we have a rendezvous point and a place to go so we can stay safe for as long as we can. During an interview in April 2022 with Hip Hop Uncensored podcast, Coolio dropped some more bombshells and claimed that he was asked to perform some disturbing homosexual acts that he refused to carry out. While Coolio says he himself has no fear of death, he was worried about people coming after him as he claims that he was frightened to speak out further about what he has witnessed in the industry as he has kids and grandkids to think about and didn't want there to be any ramifications if he was to blow the lid on what he knows and what he's seen. As Coolio was quoted as saying, I have no fear of death, so killing me don't mean shit. It just confirms that what I said was true, but I do have a fear of them hurting my family. So I don't talk about everything I know because I don't want my family to get hurt. Coolio went on to say that he found it strange that every time he began to speak out about something, that negative and strange things would start happening to his family, including his own arrests, dating back to the year 2000 in Germany, and even in his opinion, relating to his son Giertis' imprisonment. As Coolio was quoted as saying, When I backed off, shit stopped happening. I can't say if it's true or not, but those things stopped happening to me, and I stopped getting them weird messages. Whether or not you believe Coolio is onto something, or that he was out of his mind, it remains interesting, and a coincidence, that he should pass away right after speaking up more than he ever had. These claims by Coolio, just months before his sudden death, led many to believe he was taken out by these same powers that wished to keep their alleged illegal activities a secret. Despite these claims, the investigative unit tasked with looking into Coolio's death ruled out the possibility of foul play. Coolio also went on to make some interesting points during this interview about the role popular artists play in influencing society that they need to take responsibility for the message in their songs and why it's important to teach children right from wrong through music, as he was quoted as saying, From what I see, evil is fucking winning right now, and music is a part of that. Music influences people, and I don't give a fuck what nobody says. A lot of people trying to say, Oh, it's not my responsibility to teach your children. I say what I want to say, that's bullshit. What you say especially, if you're as popular as Eminem, or a 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar, or Coolio, or Ice Cube, 
If you're that fucking popular, then what you say has some bearing and some merit, and people's children and grandchildren are fucking listening to what you have to say. If you would like to learn more about these claims by Coolio just before his death, I highly recommend listening to his interview with Hip Hop Uncensored podcast, as well as the Tomiko Show interview. Over his career, Coolio performed approximately 409 times and performed all across the world, from the UK, US and Australia and all the way across Europe. Coolio performed on tours with the likes of the Insane Clown Posse, Bliss and Esso, Salt and Pepper, Vanilla Ice, Tone Loke, Rob Bass and Colour Me Bad, collaborating with legends such as Ice Cube, Tupac, Snoop Dogg, Kenny Rogers and Stevie Wonder. After his death, a posthumous single was released called Do You Want It, featuring Melbourne-based Australian rapper Katija. Coolio has inspired everyone from the likes of Bliss and Esso from Australia to Exhibit and Little Bow Wow, among many others, and he is highly responsible for being one of the first rappers to catapult hip-hop or rap music into the mainstream. In regards to rappers coming up in the industry today, he respected the work of Macklemore, Kendrick Lamar, and strongly dislikes the style and music of Iggy Azalea. Coolio was also said to have been very proactive in helping and supporting the disadvantaged youth and the African-American communities, as well as supporting AIDS charities and doing some great work for the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America as he still struggled with asthma as an adult, even requiring an asthma puffer from a spectator in the crowd at one stage when he was severely short of breath during a concert. One of Coolio's sons, named Milan Ivy, has also followed in his father's footsteps by becoming a hip-hop artist himself, as well as an occasional actor. Now at the age of 26, Milan released his first single and album during 2020 under his stage name, Pharaoh Santana. While Coolio's daughter, Artisha Ivy, is now a stylist, and his son, Tatalia White, named Darius Ivy, is a musician as well as his father and brother, but sadly lost his mother a year prior to his father's passing. Darius isn't a hip-hop artist, however, and is more invested in experimental or alternative-type music, often vocalising his songs instead of rapping them, and he has released two albums, both of which came out in 2020. Coolio is a multi-platinum-selling artist, with over 17 million records sold over his 36-year career. He is survived by his many children, with his eldest being his daughter, age 35, and his youngest being age 26. As Coolio also confirmed before his death that he had five grandchildren. While his time in the spotlight compared to some was short-lived, arguably lasting just four years, Coolio lives on as a favourite of so many through his smash hit 90s anthem, Gangster's Paradise and he will be remembered by many for paving the way for bringing gangster-style rap into the mainstream through his more light-hearted approach so many others, just like him, could also share their stories and experiences about life on the rough streets of America to the ears of listeners all around the world, and not just to Americans. 
something that fellow star rappers like Tupac and Big E struggled to do. Not to mention the spark of interest he provided for young listeners in hip-hop music as the genre gained serious momentum leading into the 2000s up to the current day. Coolio once stated that he hopes he isn't just remembered for his huge hit singles, but for the quality of his work throughout his albums, as he encourages his listeners to look past the big hits. In his last few years of life, Coolio often claimed he was quite proud of what he had achieved in the music industry and as a father and grandfather, despite the many highs and lows he had experienced in life. Coolio would battle with drug addiction and run-ins with the law, which reflected badly on him at the time, and no excuse can be made for his many poor mistakes, but towards the last few years of his life, he did attempt to rise above it all, and he started to mature and settle down as a person, and would have undoubtedly made his kids and grandkids so proud of him, as he often spoke about them with great fondness. Coolio had a number of regrets and embarrassing moments, but the major regret he ever did seem to hold, however, was that he carried on in an immature manner in regards to Weird Al's parody of Gangster's Paradise. As he claims looking back, he even would have starred in the music video alongside him if he had his time over again. Even up to his last day of life, he still repped his famous braided hairstyle to the very end and still look quite well for a 59-year-old. Coolio is a well-respected artist that died far too young and abruptly, as he was still touring just days before his death. He overcame so much adversity in his life, dealing with his parents' divorce not once but twice, running with the baby Crips and spending time in jail, and through hard work, persistence and utilising his smarts, he rose to the very top. While his albums and other tracks were quality and were underappreciated, Gangster's Paradise will forever live on as one of the greatest songs of all time. And there is no shame in that, as he attracted a wider audience to rap music with his light-hearted and radio-friendly approach to serious and important topics. Rest in paradise, Coolio. He may now be gone, but through his music and the message in his songs, Coolio lives on, and who knows, maybe one day we will see him when we get there. Thank you for tuning into that episode. Don't forget to check out our other episodes from Season 1 and 2. Ranging from Kurt Cobain and Freddie Mercury to Prince, Chasey Chapman and Stevie Nicks and up-and-comers like Youngblood, Tones and I and The Kid Leroy. For more information regarding this episode, including weekly updates and more, head to our Facebook page at Lyrics of Their Life Podcast or our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and even YouTube and Spotify where you can find a range of playlists featuring the music of every artist covered in the Lyrics of Their Life podcast so far. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, or you can now rate the podcast on Spotify. 
Don't forget to let your friends and family know about what they've been missing out on. And feel free to click the free subscribe or follow button to the podcast wherever you listen so you can receive a notification every time a new episode becomes available. If you would like to support the podcast financially, then please feel free to head to Patreon or buymeacoffee.com where you can contribute your support for the podcast in exchange for some bonus content, ranging from as little as $1 donations to really anything you like. Every bit of support is greatly appreciated, and it means I can continue to bring you more great episodes in the future. This podcast is created and researched completely independently, so your contribution would really help this podcast continue on. Once again, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm your host Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life.